we're communicating every single day. So whether you are introvert, whether you are extrovert, it's not about your personality type. It is a skill, especially if you're a business, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it is a must have skill for all. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. Super excited to have with me Harriet Bratt, who's going to be here to teach us more about how to master our minds, our communication, and be able to translate that into public speaking. We're going to talk about why it's so important to master this art of communication, whether you're focused exclusively on sales or on your business and its growth. And I'm so excited to have this powerful international speaker, trainer, and firewalk instructor here to be a powerhouse for humanity and a warrior to really help people awaken the message within themselves, be able to spread it with the world as well. Harriet, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. And it's great to be here with you and your listeners. Well, I know that you've had a chance to speak around the world, both live and virtually. And, you know, for a lot of people that are business owners, maybe finding themselves be more introverted could be the term uh, used for most people that might be against the concept of public speaking. Is this something that is a must do, nice to have, or only a few people should be focused on it? I believe that I might be slightly biased with my response here, <laughs> but I really do believe that it's a must. And for that, communication is our everyday tool to interact, whether that be with family, friends, in business, with your team, with customers, clients, with bosses, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the list goes on and on and on. We're communicating every single day. So whether you are introvert, whether you are extrovert, and I just want to throw in that there's some outstanding speakers that would put themselves in the introvert box. So it's not about your personality type. It is a skill, especially if you're a business, especially if you're an entrepreneur. It is a must-have skill for all. Well, I kind of want to dig a bit deeper on this and kind of ask the question more directly, which is, you know, given that we label ourselves either as extroverted or introverted, does that even matter when it comes to developing our skills in communication or public speaking? No, I don't believe so. In fact, one of the biggest tips I would give, you know, you have a podcast called Selling with Love. I speak about leading with love, speaking from the heart. And therefore, no matter who you are, no matter what your personality type, it's about being authentically you. And, you know, perhaps if you're in a stadium, if you've got a massive audience in front of you, then you might amplify your gestures. If on a day-to-day -day basis in a small group, you make little gestures, you might expand those gestures to really throw that out to the back of the audience. So it's all about amplifying your natural personality. You know, I'm very expressive by nature. I could be getting something out of the kitchen cupboard, you know, balsamic vinegar, and I'll turn to my husband and say, whoa, look at this balsamic vinegar. I'm excited and enthusiastic about something so small. Why am I sharing this with you? Because then when I go to stage, my natural personality of being high energy, being expressive, et cetera, et cetera, comes out in that way on stage. And a lot of people who see me, and especially a lot of people that I work with, think, 
I need to be high energy. I need to have a big personality. I need to be loud X, Y, and Z to be able to speak from stage. No, no, no. It's about taking your everyday way of being authentically you and then amplifying that from the stage. I like how you label this as the concept of amplification and not necessarily imitation of existing role models we might look up to to public speaking. And I think it would be hard-pressed not to have anybody understand the stereotype of a Tony Robbins on stage, which is a giant with massive energy that's getting people with giant sticks to clap loudly in the entertainment that he creates in his presence at his events. But I find it also equally interesting that someone that could also command a stage and an audience would be someone on the other side of the spectrum, which I might put in the space of like Elon Musk, which is just this awkward, monotonous bumbling, almost like stuttering kind of personality, yet is also able to command an audience. So when we talk about this concept of amplification, are you saying that even as an introvert, there's so much you can do, given that you're just amplifying your subtleties? Absolutely. I think there's also, let's look at the intrigue in content. So any speaker, especially a popular speaker and someone like Elon Musk, is going to have an audience that is naturally interested in their topic. So no matter how he is showing up and delivering, because he's kind of on the leading edge and he's a role model, he has content that not many people are speaking to. And therefore, those that have an interest in that topic, subject, etc., etc., will go and hear him no matter how he is delivering. That being said, you also see speakers in many industries, perhaps more popular topics, more content, where people could be speaking to a similar thing, that individual that has taken the time to really think about their delivery, really think about how is this information, this content, not only going to land, but benefit my audience, right? It's very easy to think it's about the speaker. Yeah, it's your content. It's your mic. The spotlight's on you. But no, it's about your audience. So I think the speakers that really go above and beyond to think, how is this message being received? What do my audience walk away with? and then deliver it a way that truly serves will make the biggest difference. And again, that doesn't matter what your personality is. It's just about passionately speaking from your heart, but always having your audience benefit in mind. I can't help but go back to a time in high school where I was making observation. Like I'm a pretty analytical guy and I love seeing patterns and seeing what's going on. And I had this, I don't want to call it a trauma, but still an event of notice, I will say, where I would find myself, and just as a footnote here, I wasn't a really cool kid in high school, okay? A bit more on the nerdy side. And I would realize I could say something, perhaps a joke, and it would fall completely flat. And I remember seeing the popular guy in school, the athlete that was always joking around. Like, I feel like I've caught him a few times just listening to me making a joke that would fall flat and him repeating the exact same works and getting everyone laughing. And I've always been fascinated by that concept. And I had to ask you, like, what's going on here? How can you get such different results from the same message by different people? I think, especially going back to school time, we need to also bring in the idea of popularity and kids in school needing to fit in, et cetera, et cetera. And you described yourself as somebody that perhaps wasn't the most popular kid and therefore might not have been the one that was always listened to, always laughed with, et cetera, et cetera. So just in that environment, there's an added nuance of the age group, the need to fit in, et cetera, et cetera, as I just mentioned. However, I also think you can say exactly the same sentence in very different ways. You know, let's take 
is something super general. I love you. I can say, I love you. And it's beautiful. It's soothing. There's warmth to it. You feel loved. You feel a kindness and a warmth behind what I'm sharing with you. I could say, I love you. <laughs> and I'm sorry for the listeners that have got this podcast on quite loud. But again, same sentence. And that was quite an exaggerated example, but exactly the same sentence. Totally different feel. It's like anger, frustration, blunt directness coming out of my voice. And that's with three words. So tonality, voice infliction, physiology, what you're doing with your body, energy, the energy behind what you're sharing, all influences the way in which words are received. So I don't know exactly what happened on the plate around that time. I love your terminology of event of notice. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> it makes it a little more easier to speak about, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm definitely going to start using it. No, I definitely believe that the way in which we say something, you know, in the UK, and I remember my mum always saying to me, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. <laughs> Little did I know that I would use that phrase regularly as a speaker trader, that how we share our content makes a big difference. Well, keeping on that tone of, of how you say it, I noticed that you have a very dynamic range in the way that you communicate. You can tone it up into, you know, very bold statements. You can be loud about it. You can also bring it down to make your point. And I've always found that range of tone is a very powerful trait to have as a speaker. And I noticed that you have it quite strongly. And I'd be curious to know, like in your case, was this something you've had naturally or is it something that you knew it was great to have as a speaker? And how did you end up developing that skill if that's the case? I would say it's a little bit of both, to be honest. As a child and growing up teenager, I've always been naturally very expressive. I'm somebody that has the superpower of ADHD. So I've always been quite bold in sharing and expressing how I feel. <laughs> Before I found personal development and understood mindset, I would call myself and joke the roller coaster because I would be very up and down in emotion and I would express it very clearly and use tonality behind that. So yes, absolutely, there was an element of it being natural. However, as I trained to become a speaker and I took it very seriously, and I want to remind everybody listening, for those of you perhaps that are at the beginning and you still feel that fear, or you're someone that's been speaking for a little while, but you really want to grow and scale it. You know, I was somebody that took this skill. It is a skill. Yes, there are people that have natural talent, but it is also a skill that you can learn and develop in. And I understood the importance of voice infliction. Even more than that, I understood the power in storytelling. And to really convey a story in an effective way, we don't just want to tap into the emotions. We want to connect the listener and the audience with their emotions within our story. And tonality is just one very simple tool that we can use that is incredibly powerful when it comes to conveying emotions. So once I understood this and I saw other great speakers doing it, like you say, I didn't want to copy, but Les Brown has a saying, model and modify. I started to see how they were using their voice. Within speaker trainings that I attended, there were vocal exercises that included mastering tonality, being able to bring power and volume to powerful moments in your presentation, being able to pause for a meaningful moment, be soft, etc., etc. 
So both natural, but also many, many, many hours of practicing different exercises. And then of course, doing it, right? The speaking, speaking on stages around the world, speaking in itself is practicing to speak. So over a period of time, I've been able to really step into not just being natural, but consciously understanding the power within voice of perfection. I think you make a big point because, you know, although we could say things like, oh my God, Michael Jordan was always like, you know, a natural at basketball. There was so much training that went into it, so much coaching that went into it to actually unlock that potential. And for public speaking, I find it's accessible to all. And with the minimum amount of training, you can be above average since most people are so afraid of it in the first place. And it's always fascinating to me where 90% of some of the best speakers always have an origin story about how they used to suck at speaking and then they did something about it. And I feel like, you know, if you're a natural born speaker, you might have a chance to be able to communicate well. If you're not, it's such an hindrance to your ability to operate with other human beings that you actually do something about it, which was my case. And then I was like, okay, I need to perfect this. I want to work on this. And I took it seriously because it was a hindrance to my ability to operate in the world, especially as I was going through business school, like you needed to do presentations for all your projects or you wouldn't get a passing grade. And you know, at the time, that was the most relevant thing. And lucky enough, I was terrible enough that I had to do something about it. And so I hope it serves as a notice for anybody who might be quite shy about any stage or any opportunity to either be speaking or to be on video, which kind of brings me to the generation that we are now, which most of our interactions might not even be face-to-face anymore. A lot of the speaking that we do is actually done on camera, on Zooms, maybe it's live streams, maybe it's recording videos and posting it. And I'd be curious to know about your comfort about speaking on camera versus on stage. Is there any major differences or hurdles that you've noticed as you started speaking more virtually as well? Definitely a huge shift coming onto camera, but before I tap into that, I really want to highlight something that you just said there that was so beautiful. You said about the, I was lucky enough to be terrible at speaking that I had to do something about it. (laughs) And as you know, and I'm sure many of your listeners have heard, public speaking has become that cliche phrase of the biggest fear in the world. But in that focus, in that attitude of I'm terrible, but I can do something about it. That's where you progress and look at the podcast and the platform that you are now running and speaking so powerfully and impactfully on. So anybody truly can master and improve with this skill. Shifting to online. You know, I was really stubborn at first. I am somebody that just loves live audiences. I love being on the stage. I love being, you know, events full stop, whether I'm there as a participant to learn, whether I'm speaking at an event or whether I'm running my own event. I'm just all in. I really enjoy the atmosphere, the energy. I'm somebody, as you mentioned earlier, that works with breakthrough experiences, firewalks, glass walks, board breaks, etc., etc. That's quite difficult to do online. <laughs> I believe there was some board breaks done during COVID, but again, it was, you know, a specific, born in a specific environment. That still gave a powerful moment to people, but I'm somebody that really enjoyed the live environment, especially for those particular experiences. So of course, when that big C word came along and affected all of us around the world, I was was so stubborn at the beginning, even having mindset and awareness, I was, oh, I want to be live. I can't do this. We're not going to be able to make the same transformation. It won't be the same. But of course, with the length that COVID was around, we had to shift. We had to make that change. 
also being somebody that's passionate about individuals unleashing their warrior within and speaking up. I felt that desire, that pull. This is a time where I need to be speaking. This is a time where my voice, my message, my story and other people's, both as a speaker and a speaker trader, needs to be heard. So again, I was driven by desire to step into that online space. And I was quite surprised by what I found. As you say, very different platform. There are tweaks that you need to make as a speaker. Engagement is one of the most important. The way in which you engage with your audience needs to ramp up and increase hugely. And, you know, there's many, many differences. Again, even just looking at a small camera rather than a room of eyes is a huge difference. So there's things that we need to shift. But over time, it became very natural, very comfortable. And again, just something that we had to do. Yeah. I had my YouTube trainer basically calling it when you have to look into the dark abyss of the lens, this vast opening yet emptiness of looking at nothing, but rather it's understanding that when you look in that lens, you're connecting with the souls of thousands as opposed to being focused on maybe looking at yourself or looking awkwardly everywhere. And I remember when I started doing more videos, what I did is I locked myself in a room and this was back when I was working at Valley. We had camera equipment and even a teleprompter And I just started reading teleprompters in front of the camera to practice myself looking at the lens or from reading from a script because I knew I wanted to improve my video skills. And that was a huge benefit to me since now, look, we have to do so much more things virtually, as you said, and it becomes inevitable that, you know, the more success you have with it, the better you're able to connect with people at the moment. Absolutely. I think it's that power of repetition as with anything, right? And for anyone's listening that thinks, no, I don't have all the equipment or a teleprompter, get your phone out and just start that practicing. I always remember a videographer said to me, because I was petrified of camera, put me in front of 10,000 people, let's go! Put me in front of a camera, like freak out. And I remember him sharing with me, number one, imagine that a loved one, a friend, someone that you find really funny, is standing right behind that view hole. Just feel as if you're speaking to someone rather than speaking to that camera. If you're an entrepreneur, you're in business, who's that ideal client, you know, who's that golden wonder that you imagine having that beautiful conversation with or sharing your product, service or message with and imagine they're standing behind that camera. Because as you say, the camera is the connection point. You know, for those of you that are watching this rather than listening, you can see now as I look down at Jason, I can see him, I could see you nodding along, your studio looks awesome, your mic looks great, but I'm not connecting with you. (laughs) But if I look back up at the camera now, now I'm looking into the eyes of the audience. No matter if you're on a Zoom with hundreds of people, by you looking into that camera, you're connecting with each and everyone behind it. Yeah. And interestingly enough, if you're using the camera of your computer, it's easier because it's so close that it always looks like you're kind of looking into it. So if you are using an external camera, it's definitely something I found myself needing to train myself to do. And, you know, one thing I wanted to close on here, Harriet, is this whole concept of confidence, right? And, we know, we've shared a lot of ideas on why it's important to speak publicly, what power it unlocks as well. But to be able to do so, to amplify our own range as you speak, there's kind of like a foundation of confidence in our communication abilities. And I'm wondering if you had some foundational advice or some ways to get better results out of how we show up and building our confidence in the process. Absolutely. And it might not be the sort of logical strategy that a lot of people are looking for, but it will advance your speaking hugely. If you deeply 
deeply connect with your desire. Connect with why. I have a beautiful expression of come out of your head and into your heart. When we're in our head, that's when we're in the space of, oh, I don't know if I can do it. What if I make a mistake? What if they reject me? What if they don't agree? What if I blank, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. But when we're in a heart space, how can I serve? How can I help? How do I benefit? How do I make a difference? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now you're already much more likely to feel confident because you're not even giving the time or energy to the freak out. You're immersed. Your focus is completely flowing in how can I help. And as amazing, amazing, amazing as our minds are, we cannot process both that perceived positive and negative at the same time. So I would say for anyone that wants to speak up more, connect with your audience, connect with your listener, connect with your customer, your client, whoever it is that you're speaking to, connect with how you can deeply serve them. And when you come from a space of service, you are much more likely to speak up. And the more you speak up, the more confident you will become in doing so. So it's kind of that vicious cycle you need to do to build that confidence. But connecting with desire will certainly support you get going. I love that you bring this up because in the whole concept of selling with love, we often talk about when you're in your own mind and your own doubts about you know your fears of selling, it actually gets in the way of you spending time to try to get inside your prospects' heads, try to understand their problems, their pains, what struggles they're facing so that you can see if what you offer actually is going to help them and at the price point that you're going to be asking for so little for everything you're going to give to them. I think the same concept applies in public speaking when you start being in the connections of trying to help everyone else that is listening to your message just takes you to have less bandwidth to focus on your own doubts and then you just go out there and do it and you're so much more connected in the process. Absolutely. Harriet, so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. And I think, yes, I might be biased as well, but I would echo your message, which is I believe our powers of being able to communicate publicly is a must in today's world. If we can do it live, if we can do it virtually, all the best. And it just gives you this upper edge to be able to find yourself, be able to connect with other humans. I find it fascinating as we're seeing more tools that are automating so many tasks that I think our ability to connect with people, to speak publicly, especially in live events, are going to become more and more prevalent as we're seeing AI take over so much of the stuff that's happening online. I think our way to show up, to care for people in the way that you said, having people that are connected to their desires, wanting to help others, and being able to communicate that effectively is going to be one of the key things we need to have in place. There's one question I love to ask every one of my guests that comes on the show, Harriet, which is, you are on the Selling with Love podcast, so I have to ask you, what does selling with love mean to you? A beautiful question, and I'd like to just couple what you ended this podcast by saying of the confidence with public speaking. Confidence to sell from stage is another level. Outside of that one-to-one conversation where somebody says no when you kind of, it's in that sheltered space, selling from stage, you're in front of this audience. So it's a whole different game. So in response of the connection of, for me, speaking with love and you selling with love, especially from a stage, it's being able to enthusiastically and passionately share your product, your service, or your message with excitement for the benefit or value, experience, result, you fill in the band to fit your industry, but for the value that it gives the buyer. 
I absolutely love it. And you're right. Selling from the stage is a whole can of worms as well. Given that we have a bit of an audience here and I want to appreciate your time coming here and sharing with us, if anybody wants to find you, want to connect with you, what would be the best ways for them to take action from this conversation to be more connected with you? The best way to take action is to start speaking up now <laughs> and to connect with me, Harriet Bratt, on all socials and harrietbratt.com if you want to check out the website. And there's a few free resources as well that can instantly support your confidence and your speaker journey. Amazing. We will have all of these links available to you in the show notes for everybody listening. I think it's without a doubt public speaking is a key skill you want to use. Improving your communication, your confidence, and using it to sell from the stage will also improve your skills when you sell one-on-one as well. Harriet, we've just touched the tip of the iceberg. There's so many more resources that she makes available, but it's incredible to see how she doesn't tell you to mimic anybody else's style but rather just amplify the current style that you do have. There are skills to learn. You've noticed her using big expressive moments and very timed pauses to make sure that it draws us into the message. And these are skills that I know I've went on a journey of learning. She has went much deeper on this journey and I can tell that she is a qualified speaker in the process. And this has been an amazing session where you get to go and discover more of your own speaker style. Definitely go to harrietbratt.com. You'll be able to get more resources there. And of course, as you go out there, keep selling with love. Thank you so much, Harriet. Thank you, Jason. And thanks to all the listeners. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.